compliance, the practice of obeying rules or requests made by people in authority. This is the Pharmacy Compliance Guide with Jeff Hedges. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to the Pharmacy Compliance Guide. This has been a, a wonderful new addition to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Been very excited about the feedback from this show. The Pharmacy Compliance Guide has teamed up with RJ Hedges and Associates to provide our listeners in the pharmacy industry expertise on compliance to meet insurance, state, and federal requirements to ensure your operations isn't just stifled by uh, processes and paperwork and things that you're confused about, but to give you a chance to also be very profitable in it. Pharmacy Compliance Guide brought to you by Jeff Hedges with RJ Hedges and Associates. Jeff, we had an awesome show last time, Pharmacy Immunizations. Uh, welcome to today's podcast, which we're going to be focusing on diabetic shoes. So welcome back, Jeff. Good morning, Todd, and thank you for having me back. You're very welcome. We had a, a great show. Um, it was episode 382 when we focused on the five changes to the ACA to impact pharmacy. And then we actually shifted gears and we started getting aggressive and started to share with pharmacy owners how to actually leverage pharmacy immunizations to generate new business. If you haven't listened to that, that's episode 409. I'm going to put that in the show notes of this podcast. But today, diabetic shoes. And you know, Jeff, I've been in the industry for quite some time in specifically independent pharmacy, and it's always been questioned. And I'm thinking, you know, some pharmacies, uh, pharmacists, uh, pharmacy owners have gotten into it, then they got out of it. And sometimes they're considering maybe this is something I should get back into or do it for the very first time. And you have to wonder, why would I even consider doing diabetic shoes with the fear of audits, insurance companies, even stinky feet for that matter? Is it really worth the hassle? Actually, it is. Um, it's not really um, that big of a hassle if you do it right the first time and understanding the process. Diabetic shoes is the only preventative medicine that Medicare and Medicaid pay for. Uh, and the key thing is, if it is done correctly, the process is just that, a process, just like filling any other prescription. You have to understand the process and do it the same way every time correctly. And if you do it that way, uh, audits go away because the auditors will stop picking on you if you are doing it correctly and uh, and you win your audits. And that's the key thing. Yeah, it just, it makes me think to some of the owners I remember talking with and the very first thing that they said is the amount of time that it takes to actually even get ready to do this and then of course ongoing. So let's talk about the time factor. Yes, it does take some time. Uh, total time, uh, from start to finish, and this is over uh, uh, about two, maybe three um, uh, visits with the patient. Uh, it's about 35 to 45 minutes. So it, it's a lot of time, but over uh, a couple visits. And the key thing, who's doing the time? This is not a requirement for a pharmacist to accomplish. Uh, depending on the state you're in, and the type of shooter dispensing, uh, a manufacturer's trained individual may see and fit the patient. 
And that's one of the key items. Uh, if the state is a licensure state, it may require a, um, uh, an orthotic fitter to do it if you're a DME facility or a podorthos. Uh, but in almost in every state, with the exception of Illinois, a pharmacist is permitted to dispense any type of medical device, and a diabetic shoe falls into that medical device. And you, a pharmacist can do that. They still have to have manufacturers trained uh, training, and the three main manufacturers, as well as the other ones, uh, they provide this training. And that training is free of charge. They'll come into the pharmacy, uh, and they'll train you and your staff, and that you can do them. And just like uh, behind the counter, uh, uh, the staff works under your supervision. Uh, it's not that it can be done by a certified pharmacy tech. It can be done by a non-certified tech. And again, it goes back to your state. Uh, if there's no licensure requirement in the state, then we revert back to the minimum requirement uh, by CMS, which is manufacturer's training, and that would be for the uh, A5512 insert, which is the heat moldable. The A5513 insert, which is considered the custom insert, which is actually the crush box, uh, that is going to be done with a pharmacist, and the pharmacist supervising the fitting, and, uh, and that's uh, a key item. Now, when we talk the differences of this, of these shoes, and this is where it comes into uh, the factor, is it worth the time? You're going to make on a heat moldable insert, $200 uh, a profit per pair of shoes. If you're using the uh, custom inserts, the A5513s, you're gonna make just over $300 profit on that pair of shoes. And that's the key thing. Look at everything else you're dispensing in the pharmacy. How much profit are you making? And look at a pair of diabetic shoes that you can use your staff on and look at the profit here. So that's the enticement. You're taking care of your patients, your diabetic patients, and you can make that kind of money. It's not that hard, again, if you understand the process and you do it right every time. And that's why uh, it's okay to take 30 to 35, 45 minutes to do these diabetic shoes to take care of the patients. So if I'm a l owner, I'm listening to the show, I'm listening to this part, diabetic shoes, and I'm thinking, okay, we're handling the time benefit to time to benefit of compensation ratio but what about the auditing factor? Is, is there, you know, I, as a, as an owner, I would be fearful of uh, something happening in an audit. Well, audits do happen, and a lot. Um, Region D has been notorious for uh, for audits over the years. Uh, Neridian has now uh, taken over Region A. And uh, NHIC uh, was very lax on audits over the years, and now all of a sudden, Noridian's in charge, and uh, audits are through the roof. Uh, and uh, diabetic shoes is one of the top items. Um, diabetic shoes, believe it or not, are a high uh, fraud item. 
and organized crimes involved. Uh, there's a lot of uh, bad actors in the DME business, and the shoes are an easy item to commit fraud on. So they will audit them. Uh, and the key thing is, is that on these audits, they're looking uh, to audit to make sure things are being done right. They're looking to make sure that the actual patient is actually receiving the shoes. That's a key item here. Are the patients getting the shoes? So it comes all back to the process and the documentation. Um, and that's what they want to see, uh, what the paperwork is. And, and that's where everything's at and that what they're focusing on. And as long as you understand that documentation process, again, once they see you're doing it, instead of being audited for every pair of shoes, you may get audited once a quarter and then once every six months. I mean, those, these audits slow down once these auditors find out that you're doing things right. And that's a key item. Okay, now you're making it sound um, simple and uh, now I'm getting excited to get, to get back into this. So why have so many pharmacy owners dropped diabetic shoes? Well, it's... Um, it's all about the documentation. Uh, everything in the pharmacy is fast-paced. Day-to-day uh, -day operations on the, on the prescription, it's almost all automated. When we come to diabetic shoes, we lose automation. We're going back to hands-on. Um, and we talked about doing the documentation right the first time. So let's go back and look at what the requirements are. Okay, and we're gonna start with who's eligible. Okay, and we're going to talk about Medicare patients first because that's the most restrictive. Now, the insurance companies are starting to follow Medicare requirements as well. So uh, you should treat all uh, insurance company uh, uh, patients the same way as you do Medicare. Okay, so what's the first item? Okay, the patient has to be diabetic. Okay, that's obvious for us but you have to make sure the patient's diabetic and the doctor has it indicated in their clinical notes. The second thing is the patient has to have uh, one of five types of additional conditions. Okay, a history of either a partial or complete amputation of the foot. And that's not of the whole foot, that is a toe or several toes and they call it digits or the patient has a, a previous history of ulcers. Uh, neuropathy with callus for, uh, formations, a foot deformity, and the most common item that precurs, uh, that pre um, dates all these other items I just spoke about is poor circulation in the foot. Those are the items that the patient has to have to qualify for diabetic shoes. And that's basically what you need to qualify. And you have to validate that those items are there. And that's those are the key items. And they're all listed in the clinical notes. It seems like common sense, Jeff. It doesn't seem like at that point that it would be much discernment other than once again common sense and the needs there and the patient like you said happens to be a diabetic it 
really makes sense. Um, so I really appreciate you mentioning that. So let's talk about kind of breaking this down uh, in eligibility because we kind of talked about those highlights. And um, but but I want to talk about that referral piece to this, and that is when the physician, the primary care, uh, the podiatrist um, has some type of um, referral to me and or I'm actively going to these providers in the community to let them know that I'm a community pharmacy that in fact can fit diabetic shoes as well. So I think this is a two-way street. If you're listening, this is once again, just like with immunizations, this is a marketing business development opportunity for you to reach out to other healthcare providers, letting them know that you offer this to the community. So let's talk about that piece of it, uh, Jeff. Okay. Well, um, a patient normally will get a prescription uh, from, uh, it can come from uh, several different types of uh, practitioners, a uh, medical doctor or DO, MD or DO, a physician assistant, a certified nurse practitioner or podiatrist. They're all permitted to write a prescription. Okay. The patient must have a face-to-face visit with these practitioners. Okay, they receive the prescription for diabetic shoes and inserts. Now, you all have seen this, who have done diabetic shoes. The prescription comes to you, and it'll say, diabetic shoes. They'll leave off the inserts, or they won't say anything about that. So when you get that prescription, what you need to do, and when you read the, uh, the LCD, or the local coverage determination, okay, uh, what happens is it? Uh, what you need to do at this point is that you have to have a detailed written order. Now, the nice thing about it is you as the uh, supplier are permitted to complete the detailed written order and then you fax it to the prescriber. Now, you can complete everything up on this because you're talking to the prescriber get everything out. So if that prescription only says diabetic shoes, you can fill that out and set fax it out, and you can complete everything in there. You want two, a quantity of two A5500 shoes. You have and put in a quantity of six of either the A5512 inserts or the A5513 inserts because you're uh, communicating back to the prescriber. You send that back to the prescriber. They all uh, they need to sign it, and you're also requesting the clinical notes to come back, and they come back, and so you get everything back from the patient, or from sorry from the prescriber, and it comes into you from there. Okay, so that comes in, and so that completes the first step of of your documentation. Now, if it is a PA or a certified nurse practitioner or a podiatrist. Then the patient needs to go see their primary care physician. And it needs to be the MD or DO. It cannot be a PA or a certified nurse practitioner. Uh, Then they need to have a face-to-face visit with them. And they need to get a physician certification of therapeutic footwear. And that's another document. And they have to have a face-to-face visit with them. And that's a different document where they're certifying diabetes and, uh, and that they need the shoes. Now, if the first visit was with an MD or a DO, you still need to send that detailed written order, 
but you also need to send the physician certification of uh, therapeutic footwear at the same time. And the MD or DO needs to sign both documents. And again, on these documents, you are able to fill out a lot of the documentation. Um, you can't do the signature or you can't fill out the date, but you can send everything to, um, to the, prescri- uh, the MD or DO so they can fill it through, fill it out. But the key item is you got to have the clinical notes to accompany these documents, whether it's one, uh, one visit with a, pra- a prescriber or whether you have two. And each document has certain elements that have to be done. Now, with this, one other clarification. A lot of the manufacturers have, have forms that they will provide you that you can use, and they look really nice. And what I, what I always tell folks is that manufacturers for diabetic shoes are just that. They're manufacturers of diabetic shoes. Their primary focus is to sell diabetic shoes. They do not work with uh, CMS. They do not work with audits. They do not work with working through issues with audits and redeterminations. So their paperwork looks really nice. But does it meet the requirements? And some of them absolutely will never meet an audit requirement. So what I always recommend is is don't use the manufacturer's documentation. It looks good, but doesn't meet the requirements. So you always have to refer back to the LCD and the supplier's manuals to look at it. So and you got it because. If you lose an audit, the manufacturer is always going to come back and say, well, it's your responsibility to look at the LCD to ensure everything was done correctly. That's your out. So uh, that's one of the key things and making sure you do all the paperwork right. Jeff, you spoke about leveraging your staff earlier in the show and pharmacy technicians and the training that's in place. So talk a little bit about that uh, training. Talk a little bit about the CMS rules in place, and then even uh, state-to-state um, differences and the exemption piece. Okay. Well, the big thing is is that um, license, uh, there are, I believe, 14 states now in the United States that have a state licensure requirement. And a state licensure requirement is for orthotics and prosthetics. And in that those licensure states, they will require uh, an orthotic fitter or a pedorthist to be involved in diabetic shoes. And, um, and they'll fit them. Now, again, with the exception of Illinois, the pharmacist scope of practice will still cover the pharmacist to do diabetic shoes because of their practice, uh, because of the pharmacist license. I mentioned Illinois, because they still will say that a orthotic fitter uh, is more qualified with a uh, with a thousand hours of training and a uh, one week schooling, and they're trying to change some of the requirements there. But basically, that's the amount of training that an orthotic fitter has, and they're saying that they are more qualified than a f- uh, doctor in pharmacology with seven years of child. Uh, Education and they're treating the entire diabetes of the patient. Uh, and it doesn't make sense, but that's in Illinois. Uh, 
we've been trying to work on that for years and we just haven't been able to get that uh, worked through that state. But you got to look at each state and what the requirement is. Now, uh, for the other states, the other 36 states that doesn't have a state licensure rule, it reverts back to manufacturer's training. Okay, manufacturer's training and and still in uh, for the pharmacists in those licensure states, you have to have manufacturer's training. So you contact your shoe manufacturer, they will come in and they will do your training. It doesn't matter what manufacturer provides the training, you're not locked into that manufacturer's shoes. You can dispense any shoes as long as you receive a manufacturer's training. You have that training certificate and then you're able to do dispensing. Uh, when it comes time for your revalidation of your uh, Medicare application, you have to submit those uh, that training certificates in with them. Uh, so, uh, and you, when you get those trains, you want everybody trained as much as possible. And you wanna get the manufacturer to come in and do additional trainings over time to get those trainings because the more staff you have to do the trainings, the more people that are available to do the fitting. Um, and, um, and the staff can do it. Uh, and at states where there's a little bit more restrictions on it, the pharmacist supervises the diabetic shoe fittings. And it happens in everywhere. It's in our state in Pennsylvania, um, we are a licensure state uh, the pharmacist must oversee the um, the fitter and the fitting, and they have to sign off on the uh, final assessment uh, for the for the fittings, um, and go from there. Now, if you're a DME facility or a separate facility the pharmacy owns, and it's not attached to the pharmacy, then the state uh, the DME facility has to follow the state licensure requirements. So there's no pharmacist there. You can't get, uh, you have to operate under the, uh, the, the licensure requirements. So you always have to follow the state rules when there are state rules applicable. So um, it gets a little confusing at times, but you just have to stop back, step back and look at it. The best, uh, one of the first things you wanna do is go to NSC's webpage, uh, uh, Palmetto GBA. And on the homepage, they have state licensure, and you click on it and go down and select diabetic or your state and diabetic shoes. It'll tell you what state uh, if your state has licensure requirements. And that's another reason to reach out to RJ Hedges and Associates as well, because they can really guide you through this entire um, process in becoming um, certified and whatever. Um, whatever you want to do as an owner, expanding your services to your community. Jeff, review with us one more time about the exemption, non-exempt and exempt um, factors of this um, as certified for diabetic shoe fittings and not, and carrying the shoes and not. Okay. A lot of pharmacies have gone to the exempt route of except going, uh, not do, carrying on their accreditation. Okay, if you are exempt from accreditation, uh, that means that you have an active Part B number, uh, you're exempt from accreditation, and you can still add or uh, delete items from your 855S uh, application. 
So, for example, if you want to add, uh, you're not uh, your A55S application does not have diabetic shoes on it, and you want to add them, it's not a problem. You get your di- uh, you get your manufacturer's training, and once you get your certificates, you complete an A55S application, and you have to do sections one one A, uh, parts of two. And then you're going to do section 3D, which is your um, your DME products. You're going to put in all the products you uh, currently have, and then you're going to add in diabetic shoes, whether it's uh, custom or non-custom. And you're going to complete uh, the rest of the application. It's not the full application. You're going to sign section 15, and you're going to attach your manufacturer's training certificate to that. Um, also, either, uh, to save a callback, you're going to attach your certificate of liability insurance because the uh, certificate's probably going to be out of date that they have on file. It is, see, so you're going to ask for another one. So, and you sign it, you send it into um, NSC. Takes about 30 to 40 days, and then you'll get a letter back that your products have been added. And once you get that, you now can start dispensing diabetic shoes and get reimbursed for it. It's not a hard thing, and there is no fee for the add a product. So, um, and there's a fallacy out there that once you're exempt, you can't add items, and that is not true. You can add items as long as you get the type of training that's required for that product, and that's a key item for you. Very good. So if you've done the diabetic shoe route before and you felt that it was too complicated and you shied away from it, if you've never done it before and you're interested in doing this, if you're if you're an existing um, DME slash diabetic shoe uh, fitter and you want to improve your overall program to ensure that you are in fact compliant, that you're making the revenues that you should be. Um, Jeff Hedges and the team has been around the block many a times. They understand this, helping hundreds of pharmacies be exactly that, compliant and also profitable. Please reach out to this team. Jeff, anything in wrapping up today's uh, show about diabetic shoes? Um, the biggest thing is there's a lot of fear factor out there. It's not hard. Um, the biggest thing is understanding the process. If you don't, um, if you need help on it, we have solutions within our company. Uh, we have a diabetic shoe program that's it's very simple to use. It's only for shoes, um, and it's a very nominal fee. Uh, and if you need help with all your DME compliance requirements, including accreditation, uh, we can help you with that. Uh, you call into the office or uh, shoot us an email at sales at rjhedges.com. Uh, we can help you with that. Um, for example, our diabetic shoe program is only $500 for the first year, and then it's $100 every year thereafter. And we do this. It's an introductory program to our services, and we want you to make money because if you can't make money, uh, it doesn't do anybody any good. And all you have to do is sell two pair of shoes, and you're profitable. Excellent. And uh, you're paying the application fees anyway, 
because you're doing the albuterols and the uh, uh, anti-cancer drugs. So you might as well start making some money. It doesn't hurt. And you have this, you use the same room for immunizations, same room for counseling, and you might as well use that room for, uh, for more items like diabetic shoes. Excellent. Jeff, thank you so much for bringing insight again. Uh, you are the pharmacy compliance guide. I've been excited about what knowledge that you're bringing to the Pharmacy Podcast Network and how you're helping independent pharmacies not only stay compliant and stay safe within their business, but also be profitable. So really appreciate your insights. Okay. Well, thank you, Todd. And uh, I will talk to you next month. We'll have another exciting show ready for you. Thank you. You are listening to the Pharmacy Compliance Guide with Jeff Hedges, part of the RJ Hedges and Associates team. You can find them at rjhedgesandassociates.com, and you'll see that down in the show notes as well as the way to get a hold of Jeff and his team. And we thank you for listening to another episode of the Pharmacy Compliance Guide. 